Got Your Ears On is brought to you by Tactical Legion 9. everybody hello and welcome to this week's episode of got your ears on guido here along with scoop yo 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 and johnson so close guido so close so close but yet so far away wvu loses the backyard brawl as you all probably know by now 38 31 i i think there's a lot to take away from this game i think there's a lot to talk about a lot of good there's a lot there's bad johnson I I don't know where where do you where do where should we start Johnson? I think we should start with the good. I don't I don't want to dive right to the obvious thing. Let's save that decision making item yep. for a bit if you okay. don't mind. I'm okay saving it. Why don't we start I I like where you're going Guido cuz I agree. I why don't we start with just in general, you know, we talked a lot and even pregame when we were texting. I know we made our predictions last week. Right. But if I'm being honest, and I think we were all saying this, I didn't know what to expect. I mean, we haven't heard a lot. Everything's been close to the vest. I honestly didn't know what to expect when they ran out of the tunnel and this game started. So having watched the game, just even, dur- you know, like halftime, third quarter, Guido, we were texting. I was shocked at how I felt just about an improved team, I don't know, scheme, uh, decisions from the quarterback, you know, like it gave me some hope that I was happy with what I was seeing. Now I know like we're going to start with goods. We'll get to bads, but from the good side, I mean, I, I liked what I saw. Well, I mean, what, what did you think? What was your first impression? I mean, and I think we should talk about it right off the top and you kind of mentioned it on pa- in passing right there. JT Daniels, I think, is the real deal. I think he's the real deal. How many, how many plays, how many of those plays, Scooty, where JT Daniels maybe threw the ball out of bounds or missed a receiver? How many of those plays would Jared Daigie have gotten sacked on? Oh, listen, Jared Daigie, the most prolific quarterback in <laughs> in recent history here at WVU. Um, he makes zero plays. Well, right? but he, we were we were honestly texting during the game, like just random plays, you know. Deggy gets sacked there. Deggy doesn't throw the ball away there. Deggy doesn't get it away fast enough. You know, on some of those rushes. Deggy doesn't do half of those things. Now, that being said, and I, I agree with you, the for me, the play calling seemed a little bit more fresh than what we've seen the last three years, which was a pleasant surprise. Uh, it also calls into question Neil Brown's abilities to call an offense. I wonder, like, he went three years and all we saw were bubble screens and the occasional run up the middle. Like, nothing downfield. We actually saw some downfield stuff pretty early. Yeah, and I also thought just, to me, it was more, I don't know, Guido, it was more JT Daniels than Graham Harrell to me. Like, I thought J- I, yeah. I thought the play calling was good. Like, Scoot's right. I, I agree. Like it felt well, it fresher, was less predictable, right? And but I think there were times during this game, especially during the first three quarters, where I just thought JT Daniels made plays happen. Like yeah, he J- he was under duress. I thought he took some hits, and I was just really impressed with like he would he was just finding ways to make it work. Well, and you look at it, and JT Daniels goes you know twenty three for forty, two hundred fourteen yards, two touchdowns to BFW, um, you know, a long of thirty two, three sacks, which. And we'll talk about this in the bad portion of it. Three sacks in 
two of which, and maybe even all three, were like he he could nobody could have like yeah right you know Kyler Murray couldn't have gotten away and, and you would probably argue could have been more than three sacks I guess is what yeah, I'm saying have, I think I, I agree with you too there you know and and I think you know for me that one interception is again not a situation where it, it wasn't it's his, not, fault. It's so not his fault so I think everything yeah, yeah, I think everything that was in the bad portion of JT Daniels game was not his fault I think the decision making was phenomenal back there and I, and and I think it was you know from a re, I'll use the word refreshing because I can't think of anything better to use yeah, it was but it refreshing. was refreshing yeah it was it was refreshing to not have a quarterback where you're sitting there going oh my god oh my god oh my god like yeah. I feel I felt like he had control the whole time I mean Guido we weren't texting each other anger about decision making and plays from the quarterback position and it was really nice i was it like that i was sitting there like wow this is great like i'm yeah i'm really happy with what i'm seeing and i also think someone mentioned it i should have bookmarked the tweet i i, I don't think i did it might have been uh, chris anderson over at 247 but someone pointed out too that right after that interception that we'll get to in the final possession i think jt goes right back to bfw and i thought that was right. like they were talking about some leadership things that i thought calmed everyone down like hey we still i know chaos is happening here but let's move down the field i i love that from him and i'm i'm really happy now to have the chance to watch it through the rest of the season i think he's going to do some great things and you saw it in the post-game press conference too johnson with him like again sticking up for bfw the whole leadership aspect yeah, of it yeah uh was was great so i'm i'm in, i'm listen i'm bought in on i JT am Davis. too i i'm a fan i am too if if i'm being the realist here because i am okay um not i guess realist not with an ist not the est because i think uh, you guys are real as well <laughs> um i think yes daniels was good i think the play calling was better than what we've seen but, but, okay, we're still going to have to score 42 points to beat other teams. Yeah. We're but, still um, questioning some of the in-game hey, decisions. Johnson, is, it, is it impossible for Scoot to even think about good when it comes to WVU football? I, I think like, he's, I think I'm he's, a realist. Yeah. No, I'm not saying you're not a realist. I'm saying, listen, it was an, it was a great game, 38-31. 30, you you expected WVU Here. to get blown out. Well, here's the thing. WVU stayed. WVU was in it till the yeah. last game, Scoot, or last play, and you're here. You pick all the negative out of it. Like, here's the thing, and like, I'll dive into it now because I was going to wait till later. Well, let me. Scoot, let me. Have... That was that was Scooty. That was the best defense, or at least one of the top three defenses that we will see all season. Pitt's defense was one of the top three defenses we'll I see all season. I think they probably are. But, Scoot, you said something pregame. You said, are we – is this going to be – and I think you said it on last show too, but I know you said it pregame as we were texting. You said, is this going to be another one of those Will Greer teams where we have to score 42 points every game because we don't really know where stops are going to come from? And I was thinking pregame, man, I hope not because that – we – we can never seem – we've talked about this before. We can never seem to have both sides of the ball on the same page in any given mm -hmm. season. And I'm not saying the offense is like, wow, they're just prolific. But here's another – it. this game does do that, doesn't it, Scoot? Like it, it, through one game, you're like, well, well okay. I think I'm going to be watching the offense probably do well each game and the defense just try to make sure they do enough. It's a bit – it's frustrating, isn't right. it? Right. Well – 
and again, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back to Guido's comments about me being somewhat the pessimist. Here's the thing, fellas. Somewhat. Here's here's the thing. <laughs> if you're asking me, do I respect pit football? The answer is no. I don't. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Because That's fair. because they've done nothing for the last 15 years except last year had a good season in a in an arguably weak. Right. Conference. Right. So do I respect them? No. Do I think that we should beat them time in and time out? Yes, I do think that. Because arguably, and that maybe not even arguably, handedly, WVU has had a better program through and through for the last fifteen to twenty years. There's no doubt in my mind. Look at the I'm, I I would I don't have the stats in front of me, but if you looked at wins and losses in the last twenty years, WVU probably squashes pit so do i respect them no i think scoot is continuing to stand up for the common west virginian blue collar west virginian to expect what was it Scoot? expect better expect the results or expect what you deserve not deserve what you no i don't even know what no, it was. i don't know it wasn't it yeah <laughs> man it was but no, good I, though. Hear, I get it I get it. I'm just all I'm saying is is there were highlights in this game. There were, and I agree with you. And we've all we texted it a million times now and we've said it and we'll say it 10 more times over the next 10 weeks. Like WVU if they want to win games, they're going to have to score 40 to 60 points a game because the defensive secondary uh, is in rough shape. And Charles it's Woods just, went out early and that's the Charles one name Woods everyone went out knew. Early. So you're like, yeah, "Oh my goodness, I mean, what are we yeah, going to do? He's right. gone." When so he when he came back to the sideline in a boot, it just felt so bad, didn't it? It was like and I didn't right. realize. I guess it's maybe my fault for not realizing. He's the one name I remember. Yeah. I didn't realize he had played three years somewhere else right. before coming to us. Well, that's before how weird that depth chart is, isn't it? In the secondary, right. it's so weird. So seeing him in a boot to me was like, oh man, you know, an already thin area. This now, can't. This can't be good. Let's turn. I'm going. I'm going to take Guido's role here. Let's turn to an area that Guido, I believe, at one time believed was the strong suit of this squad, the offensive line. I, I listen. It should be. It should be the strong suit. Scooby. If I'm You're not, not wrong. mistaken, Guido's got a jersey for each of the offensive linemen that he wears, <laughs> and he rotates them throughout each week. Well, it uh, does. Wyatt Milam's jersey might get uh, hung up in the closet for a while. Well, though. it does seem like each year we're told about the strength of this unit in each season. It's not that I don't think they're good, Scoot. I, I do think they're solid, but they're not. Well, they're always challenged. And I think the only thing I would argue in this game is, Guido, you've got the box score. Um, you know, it, it's hard to bang on the offense. So I guess we're diving right toward we didn't spend a whole lot of time skewed on the positives if you're going right. I if think there's more positive we need can, to talk can about. Can we talk a bit more about positives before I, we go I, there? I do because, well, well, first of all, let's let's talk about, I mean, we talked about JT Daniels. The, let's talk about the wide receivers. Let's talk about. Let's, let's talk about some more positives. Yeah, I mean. Well, I think CJ Donaldson came out of, like, I had not even heard this name uttered, Guido, before he just reels off what 125 yards i think he's like um just out of nowhere true freshman i mean it's kind of funny too because uh it, a couple weeks ago maybe it was a week or so ago mike kazaza uh was talking about him on their podcast and i was like who is this guy like and they're talking about how i guess he came out of high school he was a tight end uh he's i've been all over the field 
um, and they were that, you know, they there was some hype coming out of camp with him and everybody's like, yeah, but no, we haven't seen anything. And then, you know, he pops off seven for one hundred and twenty five yards, a touchdown, a long 44 yard run right. was awesome. It was. I mean, it, and on top of that, special teams, he's blocking punts yeah. like yeah, he get I didn't realize it at the time, but he got the blocked punt now. Scoot, when's the last time we blocked a punt and then cashed it in for a touchdown one play later? That was like bizarro world at the time. That was good. That was good. Um, here's what – so if there's positive mixed with other. So <laughs> Mathis, while he's supposed to be our featured guy, he, coming into the – if you look at the depth chart, he's our number one running back. You see Mathis start the game. He gets two or three yards of carry early on. You see them sprinkle in Justin Johnson a little bit. And then I don't even know if it was second quarter. Maybe it was the first time Donaldson touched the ball. Not sure exactly when he, he touched. It wasn't right. It wasn't early. So he touches the ball, and all of a sudden it's got people thinking, it's got me thinking, maybe Donaldson needs to be the guy. And then you bring in Mathis or Johnson as a change of pace kind of back to kind of maybe have those guys be the bounce it to the outside types? Well, I think what happened there is, is you know, and this is a prime example of where this won't work every week, is, you know, Pitt's film was all, there was a lot of Mathis on Pitt's film. And so Pitt spent a lot of time preparing for Tony Mathis, you know, and a little bit of Justin Johnson from last year, and they were prepared for that. And then I think they didn't know C.J. Donaldson. I think C.J. Donaldson came in, you know, a little chip on his shoulder. I think, that you know, there is a little bit of, of – you know, I got to prove myself here. And now now there's film on him. So I wouldn't expect us to see that next week. I was happy with the running back by committee. I mean, I, I still think even with what you saw from Tony Mathis, I mean, 16 for 76 isn't. Yeah, I was getting ready to say that over four yards of pop scoot. Do you think there's some thunder and lightning potential there then with Donaldson? Right. And- yeah, I mean, I think so. I think um, I don't think Donaldson has breakaway speed. So that's going to be maybe his one. I mean, he's a tight end, so he probably doesn't have breakaway speed. I, I mean, really don't. He looked pretty good on his forty-four yard right. run, though. He's I mean, quick, yeah. But I don't think I don't know that he's not as quick as Tony Mathis is what I'm getting at. I think Tony Mathis in a in a forty-yard dash beats him. Well, I think just going for hundred and ninety yards on the ground, though, to me. When you rush for almost 200 yards, and there's probably a stat out here somewhere that we could find, Guido, you should win. You should win the ball game. That's that's a ton of rushing yards. And I think for the most part, I think JT Daniels had a lot to do with it, but they kept JT Daniels pretty clean. I think he he only had what you said, three sacks, Guido. Um, I think, you know, we would argue Keaton Slovis was having a more – he was spending more time on the ground getting sacked than than Daniels was. Five sacks. We had defense had five sacks with him. I mean, Darius looked great. I mean, uh, here, here's what I, my question for you, Scooty, and this is and this is where I, I don't know how as a WVU fan, I understand there are other frustrations with this game. I don't know how as a WVU fan you're not excited about this offense. Between what we saw from the running backs, JT Daniels looked great decision making wise, and you had, I mean, at least. Six. I'd have to go and look, but you had at least six plays over twenty yards. You had great passes. You had an exciting offense. That's what you've been talking about for well, years. I'm, listen, I'm good with the offense. I think the offense is fine. That's not. I'm not good with the offensive line, but I'm good with the offense in general as far as the skill players, as far as the play calling goes. It was. It's much needed, and quite honestly, it might be what saves Neil Brown's rear end throughout this season. 
is that he was willing to make a change because I don't think if he if, if he stays with the status quo from last year to this year as far as who's calling plays and what kind of plays they're calling, I don't know that this game's even close. Well, and I think the offense I, – I agree with you, Scoot. I think the offense has changed. I think that's what we all need to recognize. you got a different – play calling's different. Uh, you know, play is different. I think that there's one – and I'm going to – I'm I'm not going to – I'm going to say little thing. I know it's bigger than a little thing. There's one little thing you need to clean up in the next week, which I think you can, which is the offensive line. And I still think, like I said, I'm going to stand true to this. I think that's probably one of the top three defenses and defensive lines that we'll see this season. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think you're, you're not wrong, but I, I guess before we go ham here on the offensive line, I was just trying to step back and think, you know, after the game Thursday night, yeah, I didn't like the false starts. Yeah, I think JT Daniels was under – he was hurried a lot. He was under a lot of pressure. But I think Pitt's D-line was legit. I saw, you know, leading yeah. into this, they were ranked as like a top 10 in the country defensive line. And I think when you go – when your offense ends up going for over 400 total yards and you rush for 190, it's hard for me to bang on the offensive line too hard. I mean, sure, we can nitpick things, and we were, and it was frustrating. I'm not saying it wasn't. But I think we should calm – that down a little bit. I think, like Guido said, we may not see a, a defensive line as talented as Pitt, or at least not too many more t- as talented as Pitt all season. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Well, let, let's, before we jump over to the defensive side of ball and start talking about the other, the challenges, uh, let me, I do want to talk about special teams for one second. Uh, we went into the game not knowing who our punter was. That was like all, all camp. They were like, I don't know, who's it going to be? <laughs> all, all, you know. Um, granted, you bring a guy over from Australia, you think it's going to be him. Well, Ollie Straw comes in and he's great. I mean, he he has six punts, two hundred and forty-seven yards, averages forty-one with a long of forty-eight. Uh, and three of those punts, three of those six punts, he pinned him inside the twenty. Um, so I think from a special team side of you know getting the ball and pinning them back, that looked good. Yeah, that yeah, looked and great. You add in that blocked punt, and then we haven't talked really yet about Bryce Ford Wheaton Guido. I think we should. He had a huge special teams play um, on the tackle that I think at first looked like maybe a penalty, looked like he tackled the guy up around the shoulders, but that ended up being a huge play on special teams as well. Here's my only question. Here's my only question on that, Johnson. I and I don't understand why is Bryce Ford Wheaton out there on that. I know he's fast and I know that's probably the thought process behind it, but he makes a play like that and makes one little step wrong and it becomes a targeting yeah. and then you lose your number one wide receiver. Yeah, or like, he just why, gets some why, freak, you know, special teams blindside hit or something. I that thought did cross my mind. I I don't know. I know in teams past, sometimes, you know, Virginia Tech was always famous for this. You kind of take your best athletes and they'd put them out on the field to be game changers on special teams. I, I don't know. I didn't love it. I mean, I, I love the tackle, but I didn't love that in the movie. Maybe Bryce either. Ford Wheaton has kind of sweet-talked his way into that situation where he's probably pulled the coach's ear and said, listen, I can I can be the guy. Like, hey, put me on can, the field for that too. Yeah, I can, like, I can make these tackles or I can make that block or whatever it is. I'm going to say this. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, Oliver Straw might have – like if we were to give – you know, like in, in soccer they rate players based on their form – if we were to give a rating for all of the players based on form, Oliver Straw might get the highest rating of the of the team because what he was able to do with his kicks and how quickly he's able to kick the ball. Like it's they pointed that out when we blocked the punt. Like that punter 
for Pitt yeah. held onto the ball for way too long. Right. I mean, that's why he got blocked. Yeah. Oliver Straw, it's like one step and it's gone, and it's, it's gone. almost perfect every time. Almost. I mean, yeah. he played a flawless game, and I, I think if he continues, he's going to be a tremendous asset for us because he's going to be able to give our defense a chance at holding teams and putting us in good field situations. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But then you talk about the defense, Scoot. Thanks for the segue there. You talk about the defense, and it's like the tale of two defenses. It really is. Like, you have a defensive line that I, again, I I don't think Pitt's a slouch team uh, this year. Defensive line looked good. Five sacks. I mean, Dante has a sack in there, or one and a half sacks. Jarrett Bartlett has a has a, a sack and a half. Um, you know, you, you see... And we were worried because we lost some. We lost a name. We lost a name on that on that defensive line. I thought the defensive line looked. No, strong. I did too. Uh, I, I mean, did too. Uh, I, I and then you get behind the defensive line, and I think it really starts to make me. Well, worried. wasn't it, really it funny does. how this was? It, this all the defense's performance almost felt like watching a basketball game. It was like a game of runs. It was like I thought. I thought early on, I was like, "Ooh, I'm not sure how long our defense can keep this at bay." Then we went a stint through the third and early fourth quarter, which I think led up to that punt decision where the defense really had Pitt on their heels. I think that front that you're talking about, the defensive line, man, they were getting to Keaton Slovis. They were sacking him. They were hurrying him. Pitt really couldn't get anything going. But there were spurts, I think, bookended on that where you could tell if Pitt could get the ball to the middle of the – like behind it's that, that, that def- soft – underbelly yeah, of our secondary it's like as soon as they would complete a they would complete a 12 yard pass that suddenly became a 40 yard pa- like i don't scoot you always want to talk about yak yards pitt had to have right how much yak yards oh, did they well, have in this Slovis game only had to throw the ball 10 15 right. yards and right. they're gonna get 30 out of it yeah he didn't have to go right. deep well and that's the thing i mean slovis has 16 completions for 308 yards but 64 of those is one like 64 of those yards was one play I, that's where, and like, we'll, I think we'll say this all season. I don't. I look at the depth chart. I look at, I look at who's there, and I just, I don't see. You know, you you hope. I mean, you're talking about freshmen like Hershey McLaren that you're relying on, that you're going to rely on in there. Um, you know, Charles Woods out. I'll say this: I thought they were more athletic than I expected them to be. I, I personally was expecting. So here's a positive. I was expecting our secondary to be a little bit more pedestrian than they were. They were a little bit more physical. They were a little bit uh, uh, more athletic, quicker than I expected. I thought that um, Wesley McCormick, had he was able to, I mean, he did catch the ball, but he was out of bounds. Had that been an interception, that would have been a nice thing for him. Um, He did get called with uh, targeting there. So, again, maybe a a guy overzealous to try to, to make a difference. But uh, I think there's some learning curve. I, unfortunately, a lot of these guys are going to be learning on the job um, just because of the nature of what we've got to work with. See, I didn't – this is where I really didn't see any positives, if I'm being if I'm being honest. This, this felt like a liability the whole game. I mean, I don't want to hammer on those guys, but some of the tackling, like watching replays of Pitt going down the field for those scores and longer plays that they completed, I thought the tackling and some of the angles they took, it just looked terrible. Open field it, tackling was bad. Yeah, it looked horrible. Yeah, McCormick missed a bunch. So it, it just it just terrifies me. Like I think in the final drive especially, but the, the you just had the feeling like if Pitt 
takes a minute and figures out how to blunt this rush and they can get Slovis a minute, you know, a sec, a second of time to get a completion out, you know, five, 10 yards down the field, then it scares me to death what these receivers can do. And you immediately Guido start thinking about the offenses that we, that we run up against in conference. And that, that to me gives me a lot of anxiety that they're going to watch this and they're going to be like, okay, let's, you know, if we can get the right matchups and get, get the rush blunted from stills and these guys, you know, there's opportunity here to to take the ball down the field. Yeah, I think everything, and that's that's the challenge that this secondary is going to have because I think everything's going to be over the top. I mean, we have some decent middle linebackers. We have some decent linebackers in there. You've you know, um, you've got Bartlett, Dixon, Lance Dixon, yeah, yeah X Ray Low. You you've got who's been a there couple of guys. X Ray Low <laughs> is getting his doctorate from WVU. He'll finish as a doctor. <laughs> but like Low. Rashad Ajay can only do so much. Um, so I just. I think there's that's where I'm nervous. Well, and I I guess too, you guys like so for Pitt's total, you know, 38 points, 384 total yards, only 76 of that was rushing. I mean, to me, it was right. obvious that if they could just figure out how to give Keaton Slovis, yeah, a we few, can run stop. Yeah. I anyway, it it just felt how, apparent. How many how many of those how many of those Johnson? I would love to know, and I'm sure there's somewhere you can find the stat breakdown. I mean, how wonder how many of those yards were against. Uh, Wesley McCormick in the secondary. Oh, yeah, there. Yeah, you could probably. I felt like they picked on him a lot. Mm-hmm. I felt like that's where a lot of the focus yeah. was. Well, and when Woods went down, Scoot. Um, what was the kid's name that came in? Um, but anyway, he. You know, even the commentators during the game were like, "I would expect Pitt to now go right at whoever he's guarding." You know, I right. don't think he had any playing time. So it, it was just that area of the field on defense just looks like we're going to be talking about that all season and scoot like you said hopefully they get some like on the job (laughs) they get some confidence over you know like over you've now got kansas towson you're hoping that these guys can figure it out before texas right really like yeah maybe before you get into conference yeah right i agree yep question for you guys and this is going to probably where we're going next is neil brown a big time coach (sighs) you're just you're just dive you're just diving right in are you is he a big time coach? Here, here's the thing, I I don't know. I I was I'm still mad. Uh, let's just talk about the fourth and one. Like I'm still mad. You know, you six minutes left, six whatever it was, six twenty, six fifteen, left. You're fourth and one. You're fourth and not even fourth yeah. and one. You're fourth and like a we're, foot and we're a half. saying one, but we're saying not one. really one. Uh, this this is where and you're you're in a nationally televised, you know, the backyard brawl, big game. Is he making that call because he's scared to make that call? Because why aren't you tell why aren't you telling your D why aren't you telling your offense why aren't you telling you guys yeah. got this like that's what yeah. is what does Dana me, say to J T Daniels Dana goes for it <laughs> what does what does he say what did he say to Will Greer what does he say to J T Daniels you win the game let's go win the game let's, let's go win the game well can I bullet point you some reasons Scoot can I can I tell you? Yeah. Uh, yeah the, the, these are the thoughts that are on my mind. I think the okay. thing that because I've read the Twitterverse, uh, there's been some really good reasoned arguments of why you kick. Um, like Fake Bob on Twitter. I know you guys probably follow Fake Bob too. He's put out some reasoned arguments for why he still thought that was you know he's got a lot of followers and he and people were having some good discussion with him. I I've read all that. The thing I can't get get around. The, the thing I can't get by, and I would want, Scoot, I'd want your opinion on this too, the way you're asking this question is, I don't think you were supposed to be there. I, I don't think you were supposed to be there, okay? Coming into the game, 
odds, you know, you're a seven and a half point dog to Pitt. Pitt's ranked 17th to start it off. We read all this stuff about their defensive line in the top 10 in the country. Keaton Slovis, their brand new, excitable quarterback. I think you'd argue up and down in depth of the roster is an advantage to Pitt. You had a punt block that you cashed in for a touchdown. That never happens during the game. So now, anyway, you've got this, you you know, you have fought, you've efforted this into place. You've fought this scenario into place. You're now not only not losing, not tied, but you're up seven with 650 to go or whatever. You need inches to me. Go in the game. Attack. Go attack. You're not supposed to be here. So go attack. Like to me, punting is a team that's like, oh, we're supposed to be here. We're I'm completely confident in my defense. I have all the personnel I need. Like go go attack. Go seize it. Go seize it. Go attack. Go win it. And I so I can't get over that feeling. I keep coming back to that. Like nothing Is he a big time coach? I think a big time coach goes for and seizes it. I think a big time coach goes yeah. and grabs it. And and I will say, of all the positives that I saw in this game and all the things that I'm excited about for this season, I like I feel like this is this year should have been what what was the good year with uh with Will Greer? Was that 17? 17, yeah. yeah. This this year should be his 2017, right? This should be Neil Brown's 2017. And 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 for me, like this is where and I'm gonna the typical West Virginian, I raise my hand. I, I am the typical West Virginian. We we didn't like Dana because Dana was rough around the edges. Dana, you know, yelled, was not fuzzy and warm and didn't want to <laughs> do the do the right. yeah he didn't want to do the he's getting know, picked the, up by the, the police at the casino <laughs> like week he, one right. on the job he, he, he didn't want to do you know uh the commercials for whatever <laughs> tutor's biscuit world uh but you know he like that was just that was dana right and and he'd come in like dana would have come into this post-game press conference and he would have been well. He would have been coughing, but he would have been coughing and hoarse and angry. And his answers would have been short, and and a and you would have and as much as what Neil Brown said coming out of like his mouth, like he would have been infuriated. You mean like it would have been a mad? Right. He would have been infuriated. Yeah. He would have. I mean, he if if all things were equal, he would have come in and he would have been like you would have been. Nobody would have asked him. Everybody would have been a. You know, Mike Kazaza would have been afraid to ask Dana Holgerson a question. Neil Brown came into this press conference and yes, he said he. What did he say? He was like, oh, don't ask me what a catch is or what a targeting right. is because I don't know anymore. Yeah. And he and he stuck up for he stuck up for BFW. Right. You know, which yeah, he should have done. Yeah. But then. It, it was soft, man, and that's where I'm at on it. Like, maybe it's this generation of football coach. Maybe no, that's what it is. It's like, not. it's just, it's just what we but got. But Scoot, don't you think you go seize that moment? Oh, like you're you're not supposed to be 100%. there. You're not supposed like, to. Be, you're up seven late in the fourth. Pitt knows this is not the way the game should have gone. The, Pitt knows it. Go get it. You've got them on their flaws. heels. One of the biggest flaws in coaching, and unfortunately, it translates into how the players. So. Coaches often or players often reflect coaches, right? And their mentality and their mindset. So if you've got a super hard nosed coach like Bob Huggins, typically his players are going to be hard nosed players. It's just how it is. So you've got a team on their heels. You've got an opportunity to, you've got your foot on their neck. You've got an opportunity to knock them out, right? Knock them out, run clock, 
do whatever you got to do to ensure that you're in this game and you're going to win this game at the end. You don't let up. You don't let up. And when you let up, all of a sudden you're going to start to see, and I hope you don't, but you'll see that that starts to become kind of the the way the team plays. So now what's going to happen next time they're in this situation, you're going to have the offense kind of, well, we're probably not going to go for it. We didn't go for it last time. We had a chance to win. We're not going to go for it this time. So then those guys start to kind of develop that mindset, which you hope they don't. But, you know, you have another situation like this and it turns out the same way. That's going to be the belief in the locker room is, listen, he'll get us close, but he won't let us win. He won't get us to the win. Yeah, and I think the the travesty of that decision to me, low-key here, is like Guido and I were texting in the third quarter it really felt like the route was getting ready to be on yeah. because there was a moment it was 20, it was 20, uh, it was, it was 24, 17 Guido. The offense looked like it was running out of gas and I was texting Guido, man, we cannot give them the ball. Like we might be seeing the damn break here. If Pitts get, if Pitt gets the ball back and not only do they not yield the ball, they go down and score to tie it up. Then they get a stop. They go back down and score again to get that lead. So to me, the team had just fought their butts off. Like that's not where they were supposed to be. Pitt knew that's not the way the game was supposed to be. You have fought, you've put so much effort. You have fought this situation into existence. Now you need five inches of the field. Go get it. Go seize it. Like to me, I think for what you're saying, Scoot, you kind of look at the guys and you're like, I'm not sure about you guys. Let's just give it back to them and hope that things play out. You know, like to me, it was like like, he he didn't even understand how good our offense was. Right. Like that to me, that's the travesty of it. Like, no, man, empower those guys. Like, go get it, man. Go seize it. Like, I don't know. I, I, you know, I always go back and look at those stupid win probability charts at the end of the game. I never watch them during the game. But if you go back and look at that win probability chart, at that point, Johnson, at that 24-17 point, fourth and one, our win probability was 84%. <laughs> okay. Like, he gets that the hurt, first down there. That hurts me a little bit. Hurts. He gets, <laughs> he gets the first down there. I You know, I think you, you've now you've – now, amped everything up taken all of that momentum that you had already built to that point to the next level and you win and i think like one of the tweets i think you win i do too and one of the tweets that fake bob put out and i'm sure like in there's an alternate universe where we ran cj donaldson out it was an obvious run play Pitt put nine in the box and stopped it and then went down and scored and you know things transpired the same ending or whatever and then everyone in mountaineer nation was like god that was so obvious what a dumb coach why would you why wouldn't you just punt it deep and make them go 90 yards like i'm sure that universe exists but i'm just saying in the moment man it felt like go get it go seize it and when we punted the person i was watching with immediately said that you just you just gave pit exactly what they were hoping like pit at that point had to be praying you would do something to give them back the ball and get the momentum you know give them a chance to get the momentum back and i feel like that's exactly what happened so let me ask you guys this question is does the result of this game change the way you feel about the kansas game coming up 
Uh, no, not for me, Scoot, because I'm I'm not worried about the Kansas game. Or I mean, I know that you threw out some good stats about it could be a, a problem, but I mean, I th- it doesn't change that Kansas for me. I will tell you something though; it changes. So take a game. So take a game like Texas Tech, where last week I was saying I don't know why, but every time we go to Lubbock, we have this lobotomy and we just do these stupid things that causes us to lose to a team that I feel like every season, you know, we should we should beat. I feel like that's now my chance for a sixth win. You know what I mean? I had us pegged at five and seven. Now I feel like there are games where I feel like JT Daniels tips that. I just hope that defensive secondary doesn't fight against that tip to the positive. You know, that's Listen, what I can't. That's what I can't decide I, on. I hope the offensive line allows JT Daniels to be playing in those games at the end of the season. Yeah, I see your well, point. That's not a. That's not a bad. It's not a bad comment. I mean, does it? I, I don't know. Does it change my my thought on them? I mean, it's hard. Like Kansas's first game this week. You know, you don't get anything out of playing the Tennessee Tech. They Golden did blow Eagles. them out. I mean, they blew them out, fifty-six to ten. I mean, Jalen Daniels was fifteen for eighteen. Like. 15 for 18 Listen, he's, for, a, he's the for real 189 deal. yards. He's a serious business quarterback. I'm telling you, I'm worried that this game is going to – I told you guys last week, game's going to be closer than it should be. It very well could be a shootout-type game because I think he's going to put up some numbers offensively, and we're going to put up some numbers offensively, and it could be one of those – 4845 4841 yeah you know, it could be kind of a no i, I hear what you. you're saying 100% yeah. and like here here's here's what we got to watch out for you've got to watch out i mean we already know about jalen daniels we already know what he's capable of doing and we've talked about that you know it's he 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 had flashes of greatness last year with with the jayhawks you know you've got two wide receivers you got a bunch of wide receivers but you got skinner and arnold that you've got to watch that i think are going to be the one and then from the running back side too i mean we've got to stop devin neal who's their leading uh rusher so uh, you know i agree with you scooty i'm 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 nervous enough about it i'm nervous enough for the defensive side i don't if we can put up 45 points then it's I'm not worried. Yeah, and I guess it makes me wonder, Scoot, now, who are the teams on the schedule that have poor offensive lines? Because I think that's who we survive against. I think I think our defensive line is gonna save you know, the more pressure they can put on opposing quarterbacks, then the secondary is gonna be okay. The games where the games where the defensive line can't get a can't get a push, whew, it makes well, me super I, nervous. I predicted a win against Kansas, but let's for argument's sake, let's say it's a loss. Right now, I don't think Neil Brown is technically on a a hot seat, if you will. He's probably on a like he may have one notch on his heat heated seats on. Yeah. Um does a loss against Kansas crank that up to three notches on the hot seat? Yeah. Now I you're think looking so. at 0 and yeah. two. Yeah, I think you're looking so. at yeah, you should beat Towson. You should beat Virginia Tech. Now. Yeah. But um are we looking? Are we looking too far ahead? That's my concern. Are we looking no, too far ahead at I Virginia think, Tech and not thinking about Kansas and Towson? I mean, yeah, I mean, we could be. A, yeah, I, it's not out of the ordinary. But, but but here's the thing, Johnson. Like, and I agree with you 100 percent because I think f- for us to be able, for the secondary to be able to have some fighting chance, we've got to be putting quarterbacks under pressure all the time. Of all of the, if you look at the top 20 preseason offensive ranked offensive line rankings right the top 20 teams there's one team in the big 12 that's in that top 20 oh okay good i like this who is it 
can I guess? You want to? So first of all, let me just say, we've already played one team in the top right. twenty. Pitt was ranked thirteenth. Their offensive line was okay. ranked thirteenth in the okay. nation going into going into the okay. season. Right? Can I guess who the one is? Can you the one Big Twelve? And what team, are they? They're number five. Wow. They're, they're ranked fifth okay. in the nation. Oh, it's they're ranked Oklahoma. Why do I feel like it's State. Baylor? Why do I feel like it's it's Baylor because is it right. really okay? It's D- Dave Aranda, it, Baylor. He has yeah, built I think that Dave offensive Aranda line. Has them rolling, so like that could be an ugly right. game, Scoot. I mean, th- oh, that could be ugly, no doubt. They uh, they allowed in twenty twenty in twenty twenty Baylor allowed thirty one sacks in the twenty twenty season. Dave Aranda comes in last season. They only allowed eighteen wow. sacks the whole season. Listen, I'm going to say this. I'm going to come out and say this. This next stretch of games define the stretch. Uh, Kansas, Towson, Virginia Tech. Okay, might be Neil Brown's only chance of winning three in a row. This ever, season. maybe ever. Well, for the ever. first time ever since he's been at West Virginia. Because, so I like where you're going with this. Can I say ever? Because everyone just watched Old Dominion beat Virginia Tech. Right. So, I think. Mountaineer Nation, Mountaineer Twitter, they're just assuming you now go into Blacksburg and you win, right? They're going to be super angry if not only do you lose oh that, God, you've you now imagine? lost the two games they wanted to get on the whole schedule. Uh, that like So if you're 2-2 two and two after Blacksburg and your wins are Kansas and Towson, oof, right? I mean, well, that, you're not winning three in a row any, anytime soon no, after I, that. I mean, right, you're not winning three in a row for sure. The rest of the How schedule. Crazy, that's a crazy thing to me. Yeah, I know. I feel like that's not a hard thing to do. I say that. I mean, I, get, I say that facetiously because I know winning games in, in college football is a hard thing to do. But when your expectations are met and you're trying to meet expectations, and listen, everyone comes in and says their goal is to win a national championship. Maybe you start with your first goal is to win the conference. Then you go on and win the national championship. You can't do that if you don't win games. Well, I think your point being, you know, he's what, nine, he's 17 and 19 right now. So that's yes. what, 36 games. Yes. You would think in the span of somewhere in there. Three you, wins you get three against in a row. power five teams with winning records. I know. I know we've talked about it. It's it, listen. I mean, I agree with you guys. I I, I just I, I'm just I'm just saying like listen. Every Big Twelve team, well, not every. I think Oklahoma State played like Central Michigan. They're, and they they're gave kind of up like the a crap game. ton of points too. Guido. They gave up a t- ton of points. They like gave up everyone a ton of in the Big Twelve uh, won except us. Yeah, but everyone in the Big Twelve played nobody. Like uh, right, they, I was they getting played, there. Yeah, you're right. Played, you're right. All they, they played, played it was played it was all cupcake. It was cupcake city. Yeah, it was cupcake city. Like, and that's where I mean. I get it. Backyard brawl, awesome. Glad it's back. Exciting. I think we play eight out of the next eleven years in this game. How about you know, the how about the record crowd for a Pittsburgh sporting event? Well, I'll say this. Kind of crazy, right? Never in a million years did I expect to see so many Pitt fans. All the the talk leading up to this was there's gonna be seventy five percent WVU fans, twenty five percent Pitt fans. That whole lower level. Now maybe it was maybe it was wise. Uh, marketing or whatever by the the pit you know field operations staff or whoever is in charge of ticketing or whatever but it was like all pit fans on that lower level can i also say scooty that one if i'm if i'm looking at positives out of losing a game to pit if i'm looking at positives i think this is the first time this is definitely the first time many of these guys especially like dante stills i mean he grew up with it but like 
that was a phenomenal game. Like it was chippy. It was pumped. The atmosphere was electric. After the game, after the game, you have our athletic director yelling at staff members yeah. for pit because they on the followed sidelines. them to the tunnel that might it be was super chippy the most hostile environment any of these guys have played in yeah. since high school right right and i think it's and i think that gets like that's what yeah, makes football, football oh, yeah. first yeah. of all like we've you know, like they, they're gonna get be, another one in blacksburg I mean, yeah for that sure that place is gonna be crazy and they're gonna be mad to the sand man. yeah and they're they're gonna and be they're gonna be mad after that and, and they're gonna love nothing better than to beat us right like that's gonna be right. their bowl game you had pit chanting eat fill in the blank west virginia at the end of the game you you know i think that the, I think if you look at things that can help build the program, having this rivalry back, having that chippiness, that, you know, it getting, you know, I mean, crazy. Everybody cranked up when Lee Corso frailly picked up. Like, like, it, like nobody head, thought that was going to happen. Everyone knew that was happening. Like, it's almost to the point where you don't even need him to do that anymore. Like, we know what's coming. Right. Well, can't they just computer animate him to do it nowadays? It's rough to watch. Really rough to watch, guys. Uh I think it's good for not just for you know the fans, but I think it's good for the program to help build that energy back. I mean, it's going to be crazy next year at Mountaineer Field for this game. It's going to be nuts. Yeah, be I just continue scoot, and we can move on, I guess. But I just continue to feel like you weren't supposed to be there. My disappointment is not see. This is like your. This is like 1997. You're playing Mortal Kombat, and you're Liu Kang. Like, no one uses Liu Kang. Why would you even pick that character? But you've made it all the way through the Mortal Kombat, and you're, like, at the final stage, and you've landed a combo of hits, and Sub-Zero is doing that wobble thing where, you like, you have the opening to pull off your combo, and you're like, ah, my hands are kind of sweaty, my thumbs are sore, I'm going to regroup here. So you let him, you know, the timer runs out, he regathers, then he freezes you and uppercut punches your head off you know and you lose because you didn't take advantage it just feels so like what were you doing go seize it I, I i'm super disappointed in the whole thing and it makes me wonder now do you think now scooch you get into games down the line and there's a similar situation does he just keep the ball in jt daniel's hands does he just say let's go get it on offense if he doesn't he's gonna lose the he's gonna lose the team that's what i was getting at before because you know these guys are gonna be like well he's just gonna punt you know, we don't have a chance to go win the game because he – so he's almost has to, at least in the next similar situation. Otherwise, that becomes a trend. That becomes the thing that he does. Like is, if we're at Texas and we're not supposed to win, but we've got him on the ropes and we need to get a fourth and one or something, you know, does he now keep the ball in JT Daniels' hands? You hope that Neil Brown has that sense. Like I don't know that he does. Right. Right. Does he have that feeling? Does he sense that? And here's the thing, guys. And I'm going to, and I'm a numbers guy, right? And I tell you guys, numbers are important. Scooty's a history guy. Scooty loves history. This is from Voice of Morgantown. First 36 games. First 36 games, Neil Brown is, we just said it, 17 and 19, right? Rich Rod, 20 and 16. Coach Stu, 25 and 11. Dana, 21 and 15. Like, that's where you've got it. Like, well, yeah. here's the thing. I've, it just feels I've got, like. Mur, mur. Well, there are. There's so there's. I think there's three tiers. I don't know if I call them tiers. There are three segments of West Virginia fans. Okay. Okay. I'm interested to hear this. Okay. Are you going top there's, to bottom or bottom to top? I'll go bottom to top. Okay. Because maybe 
that might be the maybe the largest groups. I think that's I think that's where you find. The, you think this segment the is the largest hierarchy of hierarchy of needs. On har- okay. Uh, if you were to look at uh, Maslow's hierarchy, there, yeah, is it sponsored by so, a Hurricane? Yes, it's it's the widest group, the biggest group. Okay, there's the we're not that good. Here we go again. Oh well, here we go again. Okay. There's that group of West Virginia fans. All right. Okay. There's the, the pessimists. Yes, there's the group that is man. We did better than I thought we would do. Okay, the silver like, liners. We're we're close. Uh, yeah, we're close. Okay. And then there's the group that's. Like, I expect to win. I we demand should be more. winning. Yeah. yeah, we should be winning these games. We're bigger than this. Right. And for whatever reason, that group always seems to be kind of the minority. The smallest. Yeah. Because I think. Why is that? Like, I don't but know. Why, why? But I don't know. Like, why I don't, it shouldn't that? be. I, I would venture to guess if you were to look at. Um, because you know why, Scooty. Here's the thing. This is this is this is the why the other end. I think it's a reflection. Yeah. It, well, and it, it's here. Here's we can't have nice right. things, right? We've exactly. talked about so that's this before. The, West Virginia. Oh, well, West, here we go here, again. I'll give you yes. an example. Right. I'll give you an example on the other end. On the other end of, of a sport, we'll, we'll stick with sports, but we'll talk about another sport. West Virginia soccer. Dan Stratford comes into the season, highest rank we've ever been. Right. right? We high expectations, great coach, all this ex- exciting number stuff. seven, I think, to start. They yeah, started what, six or seven in the nation, ranked. We we play Robert Morris, we beat them. Mm-hmm. We have the first backyard brawl in soccer in like twenty years or whatever. We lose three nothing to Pitt. We go out two days later, we play another rival we haven't played in forever, Penn State. We lose the Penn State. We can't have nice things. Well, when we have nice things, they get taken so, away from us. Two, 2007, Scooty. 2007. But if you look at... <laughs> we can't have nice things. So like, why should we even expect to have nice We're always things. waiting on the, the downfall part. Look we're at the top waiting. 25. It's Because it, it's there. It's there. Look at the top 25 in football, right? Okay. Would yeah. you say that most of their fan pyramids are right side up? As far as what oh, they yeah. think, or like, do, you do you feel like they are the other way, where the expectations uh, have the most people, the high expectations? Well, I, I think if you look at like all those SEC, like Alabama, Arkansas, uh, Arkansas, fun man. I would love to. I think somewhere I around, into. I think somewhere around the fifteenth ranking or so, it starts to go more of a cylinder rather than a pyramid like, or you whatever. You expect, yeah, your expectations. Yeah. It flips a bit. Are to win and I win think every if you're time top the 10 field. then you're I'd give you the inverted triangle yeah I think if you're like top 10 consistently I don't, but do you think it ever changes Johnson like do you it think it ever to goes be the other that way? way when we had Rich Rod it was pretty close to that I think we were I think we were much more cylinder or inverted triangle yeah for even that when period. we had Dana in the beginning yeah for that period Dana I don't, I'd agree with you thinking hey when we transition to the big 12 yeah, we were going to have some growing pains, but I thought we could compete. He's a guy that's got some connections to Texas. I thought, all right, we'll, we'll start rolling here. It's not ideal that we're well, playing out I, that way. I think, but- though, I, I tagged you in a tweet, Scoot, about Coach Brown's postgame remarks, and he said something to the effect, Guido, of he thought we performed well on national television. Now, Scoot, what – yo. Back to Win your game, pyramid. Man. That's that, national that, television. Back to your pyramid, though. What? That's he's, like a that's a bottom tier quote, he's, right? He's, that's like he's, a, 
is it every is it every WVU game essentially nationally <laughs> right, televised? That's what now? I mean. Is like, he not? Like, I, res- I on Twitter I tagged Scoot and I said that quote feels like it's forty years old. Like when when that wasn't like you weren't normally on TV. <laughs> that's like Don yeah, Yellen when right. we actually played when the I one nationally kid, televised yeah, game like, year. Oh, I know this is TV, insulting. That's a thing. And I don't mean to be insulting to to Coach Brown, but this is insulting. I think when you preface it that way, it feels it's like probably going to be insulting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think he's a middle tier guy on this this hierarchy. Well, I think it. I think it. Hey, if we you're did critical of Coach Brown. Do. Then I think it leads you to a comment of like, this is a guy that acts like he's still coaching at Troy. Like that. That's a accurate. That feels appropriate at Troy. We, hey, I thought we did well on national TV at Troy. We right. did better Not than I here. thought we would. <laughs> right, right. We were actually right. in the game. Like, come on, so, man. Come, like, like, win the game. Have Stop a talking instinct. about being close. Go yeah. out and do it. Have a killer instinct. Yes. Go season. I don't I, know, Guido. Listen. I don't know. He does a nice cannonball at the pool parties. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. But, it, and uh, I don't know. That's, I, I'm going to, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I think I'm already, I'm expect, already on your side, Scoot. Get the expectations up. We deserve to be there. We I think I dabble. I think I dabble in the middle of your pyramids. And Scoot. to be I honest. Think I, I think I dabble there. I'm a silver liner a lot of times. We we have an opportunity to be different than all of the other Big 12 schools, partly because of our location, partly because of of how we've had to recruit in the past to get guys. And I know some people thought the 3-3-5 was gimmicky or the spread offense was gimmicky, but because we couldn't get gigantic linemen like the Big 10, we had to come up with some different ways to put people in space. So Rich Rod did that. Yeah. Uh, defensively, yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna out recruit you're not gonna out recruit the people the that Ohio are States, gonna dominate. The Penn right. States, so the, be so get here's, here's my yeah. problem, and and this is and this is I, I I'm, I'm gonna kill myself for saying this. I feel like as a WVU fan, like and I, I grew up, uh, you know, I was born into Don Nealon as being a coach. I mean, we. You know, we had what we had. There were we had it, it. It was a different time in football. I'll say that. I feel like we are as WVU fans going to spend the next. I'll probably spend the rest of my life comparing everything we do to the Rich Rod Tony Gibson years, to the 2007s and the 2006s and the Pat Whites and the Steve Slayton Scoot, and that's always going to be what we want. But it'll never be that again. It can be. If we stop settling for what we're getting, if you hold people accountable for what they're producing, it can be that. But when you go and extend them after one year of a losing record because you're worried about Auburn somehow stealing him away when he's had one year in a Power 5 conference, he didn't have a winning record, but we're worried about him going somewhere, so then you put some ridiculous $24 million buyout so now that when he still continues to underperform, we can't get rid of him. Then you have, then you are stuck settling for what you got, and then people are trying to make uh, something positive out of what you're seeing. But I would argue, I would argue, Scoot, though, that this off season is an example of where they they did try to go out and get a difference maker, and not a gimmick. But I mean, you brought in Graham Harrell and you brought in a JT Daniels in this game. But you, this game bore shows the, bore you the, bore the fruit of that, and you got right to the precipice. You you got right to the precipice of cashing in on that on that prep and you decided and what happened? you didn't want to seize it. That's my thing how, with the whole thing. That's that, I know that's the thing. You did that. You went out and got all of that. 
but now you didn't. Yeah. And and how much of getting and uh, take JT Daniels out of it because JT Daniels was a get because of Graham Harrell. How much of getting Graham Harrell was Shane Lyons and not Neil yeah, Brown? And we'll never know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but that's a fair that, question. I, I agree with you. You were on the precipice. You had it, and the and the and the decision came down, and you you didn't do it. Well, here's the thing. You didn't do it. So here's a question: Was bringing in these changes, the Graham Harrell, the JT Daniels. How much of that is trying to save face and save his job versus going out and winning big-time football, right? So I think me, personally, I think he did those things because the pressure was mounting. Like, he, he came off a bad loss in a bowl game. The records aren't going where they want. They haven't won three games in a freaking row. Well, like, I don't know that – I mean, Scoot, to to lean into your argument a little bit, I mean, does he know how to win big No, I don't think he football? does. He beat LSU at Troy. That was – I think Nebraska this would have – That was a fluke. I, I, yeah, I think yeah. LSU. I think this would have been a really huge step, though, in showing, okay, I, I these last three years, here's what I've learned. We changed our personnel. We're now in this position, and I'm going to go out and grab it and show that we can put our foot on the pedal and take this home and get a huge – this would have been the signature win that he's been looking for for three and a half well, years, and you I, know, th- over three years now. I agree with I'm you. I'm going to also say I think this. it would have been now – a ranked pit, a ranked backyard pit, brawl, backyard first time brawl, in 11, record 11 crowd. You know, come on, I don't, man. Game I know, day. I think you know, Neil like, is loyal to his buddies, to his friends, as we all would be, right? If you if you're a coach somewhere and you've had success somewhere and you bring some of that staff with you, um, I don't know the guy personally, and I've never really watched a practice and how he coaches, but you have to wonder, you know, how loyal is he? Too loyal to Matt Moore? with that offensive line like is Matt Moore coaching these guys to be different if the expectations are hey they're a lot of these guys are three-year returning starters here's the thing Scooty and you know this leadership starts at the top oh I yes fire fire starts at the top put you know that's it I I think not going forward on fourth and one, and we're going to talk. I think this is going to be a converse topic of conversation that we come back to multiple times. If this we year. lose to Kansas, that becomes a hot. That becomes an even more magnified situation because right. that was because the chance he, to win did, a game. Because losing the Kansas isn't the fact that Kansas is better than us. Losing the Kansas means that he's lost the team. And he's zero and two. Well, not even the, not even that. It's more about. And and this is what we don't we we don't hear we'll JT Kansas, Daniels come out we hear BFW come out and talk you know we hear all this all this talk but we don't know what happens in the locker room and how many of the guys are like man I can't believe we didn't go for it I can't believe he didn't how many of the offensive line guys were like why didn't he why didn't he let you and know isn't it such a shame that it feels like like don't overthink it and just get out of your own way like it was right there right I mean I know it's not an easy thing to do but go see like go just go seize it go go in and get it go get it like don't don't get in your own way it's Pete Carroll throwing the ball in the Super Bowl it's the same thing it's yeah. a shame it's, yeah. same. it's a shame because like, he would yeah. have he would have that coveted win Talk about a springboard for the season. It would have been that. So we face Kansas, the Jayhawks, next Saturday. 6 p.m. game, by the way, guys. Don't know if you know that. It's on ESPN Plus uh, in Morgantown. They're back in first home opener. Uh, Right now, if you're looking at odds, right now, WVU is favored by 13 in this game. There you go, Scoot. 13. Well, until Kansas beats somebody or makes the games even – I mean, they have to really – do some things to turn that perception around. I mean, this could be a year where they make things a lot closer than they have been. 
I think Coach Leopold has has things heading in the right direction. That program was kind of in, I mean, as they were already in disarray, and then Les Miles kind of spun that thing even farther into disarray. So it was a good um, good transition to Coach Leopold, and and so now uh, we see if if Jalen Daniels can be is it a battle of the Daniels the Daniels brothers yeah I think it is a battle yeah. of the Daniels I think it is the battle of the Daniels so I mean I don't know we'll we'll see we'll see what happens I mean you know right now the over under on the game is 57 I'll and tell a half. you this so if they show up with a chrome it, face guard they've already lost we, we win yeah they've we already win. lost don't bother yeah what if Those we show up work. in gold helmets you that's going to anger you it is that is going to right now. You're just... going you're gonna to knock those odds down from 13 points to seven and a half. Yeah, it takes just a touchdown the away. The mustard, it, it does. The mustard it domes. Does. Yes. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we should wrap it up this week. Tough week. Tough loss for WVU in the backyard brawl. But we've got it eight out of the next 11 years. It'll be fun that the game will be back in Morgantown next year. Exciting things are happening. Let's hope. Let's hope exciting things are happening. We uh, we will be back next week with another show. Kansas right now. Oh, we got. We do we want to give our score predictions for this Kansas game, guys? We want to give our score predictions. Oh, we can. We yeah. all predicted it as a win. Right. We all we all predicted it as a win. Right. Um, like I said, right now fifty seven and a half is the over under on it. Uh, I think I think WVU wins, but I'm not far from Scoot. I think we're looking at a forty one. 35 win for WVU not covering but winning the game what do you think Scooty uh I think I think it's going to be close to that I'm going to say something like uh 38 to 28 38 28 still not covering Scoot doesn't have him covered Johnson what do you have yeah I'm going to go 34 20 okay so Johnson gets the cover and and uh but yeah Johnson gets the cover but not the over under so We'll uh, we'll see what happens. I don't know. WVU. Uh, I I can tell you this, guys. I see I see glimpses of good greatness, goodness, better than better than poorness. Uh, I just I I think we all need to agree, Scooty, that that, that there's something else that's got to be. And before there. we leave, folks, I want to want to say something that I think is important to get out. Say it. Uh, once again, Mister Scoot here has predicted correctly. How so? We lost. I predicted a loss. Well, we, we all lost. three predicted a loss, Scoot. Listen, listen, I don't yeah. make bad predictions. about your score, though? I don't make bad predictions. Your score was a bad yeah, prediction. your score was score. a bad prediction. Don't worry about Listen, it's not about the battle. <laughs> it's about the war. Don't worry about the part that was bad. It's about the war, not the battles. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to wrap it up for this week. Don't forget, check us out online. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Got Your Ears. Search for us on Facebook. Also, check out our website, gotyourearson.com. It's the hub of everything. Johnson keeps it updated. There's a store there. Uh, you can buy stuff. It's fun for everybody. Um, and uh, remember, tell your friends, listen, like, subscribe, because we're fun. We, you know, we're going to tell you the truth. We're going to tell you what fans think, right? We're, what fa- we're fans talking about what fans think. Yes, we think it, we say it. <laughs> yes, sometimes a little too much. Uh, so <laughs> tune in next week, and uh, we'll be back with another show. Thanks for listening, everybody. You've been listening to Got Your Ears On.